Welcome to another episode of the Hat Collecting Talk Show, where we talk about the many different metaphorical hats that people wear in their lives, because no one does just one thing and everyone has a story. And on this show, we share those stories. I am your host, Lacey Artemis, a creative Jill of many trades. And today I am joined by Allison Serena, who is a gamer and Twitch streamer, a musician, and she also does logistics for a clothing store. Uh, Allison's pronouns are she and her. Welcome to the show, Allison. Hello, and thank you for having me today. <laughs> yes, you're another one of those guests that I had a little bit of complications with getting my, my own issues. Uh, thankfully, my, my health seems to be uh, cooperating with me again these days. So that, uh, that hopefully will, will stay that, that way. Um, but yeah, um, so to start off the show here, the question that I like to break the ice with is, where did you grow up? I grew up in... To be more specific, Rexdale, Ontario, which is not too far from where I live now. I've actually been in the city for like, in the Toronto end of the city for a good, I guess, 26 some odd years. There was like five years or so where I was actually living in Mississauga and Brampton. I've been all around the, the, the GTA area, but Rexdale's where I was born. It's where I've lived. Haven't lived anywhere else. Hmm. Yeah, I again to to kind of apologize to my audience. I I'm definitely not trying to have my all of my guests be Toronto based because uh, I know it kind of gets a little bit boring in that sense. But um, yeah, it's I I mean I don't always know if they grew up in Toronto. So, um, but with that said, I'm going to take this moment to do a brief land acknowledgement. Uh, Toronto or Tacaronto is located on the traditional unceded territory of the Mississaugas of the New Credit First Nations, the Huron Wendat, the Haudenosaunee Confederacy, and the Anishinaabe. This is a dish with one spoon treaty territory, and we are uninvited visitors on this land. To find out more about that, you can visit native-land.ca, which despite its uh, .ca address, it actually covers the whole world and not just Canada. So that's a good place to get started, but not where you should end your learning journey. Um, with that said, um, yeah, so I mentioned in the introduction uh, a few of the things that you do. Um, yes. Do you want to uh, tell the, the audience uh, a little bit more about how you got into those things? Streaming was something that I, at first, wasn't too sure about, but I had met my partner about a couple of years ago, and she's actually a Twitch streamer as well. And she just threw the idea of maybe you should try streaming, being, you know, a, a Black transgender individual you can probably find a good uh a good space on twitch make a good community it'll be make people feel more comfortable especially people like me feel more comfortable being in a public scene like on twitch which i do understand that there are some it can get a little messy at times in there but i like having a space that is free of judgment very inclusive and just very open where you can come in you can share things you've done today you can share your feelings about something we 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 don't stray away from awkward conversation while i'm gaming or while i'm just doing other things because i like hearing people's i like listening to people talking to people understanding how things were like in their life and sharing my experiences as well and i find that streaming is a kind of a good it's kind of a really good place to 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 express myself and learn about others <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I I can definitely relate to that. I'm just really new into it myself, but uh, definitely enjoying it and looking forward to doing more. Um, as for the uh, 
Yeah, so I guess I'll ask about the, the musician thing next, but I'm yes. also very interested in the logistics oh, part. Yes. So it, it's actually weird. My my first job, I all of my jobs have actually been something where I've been working with wholesaling, a lot of product stuff or uh, how to ship, how to receive, all that stuff. Like that's just kind of the jobs I've been interested in. And then when I found out that this place was hiring for logistics, I said, might as well go into it. I just, you know, there isn't, a, there. I realized that if you look at the people who work there, there isn't a lot of women in, in like this trade or this, this, you know, position. And I go, I know what I, I know how to, I, I'm really good at shipping, receiving, uh, figuring out how to get like, things to certain places at certain times. And thankfully they took me on and it's actually been a really good job ever since. Really enjoyed it. And I feel like if I, if I were to move elsewhere, that would be the position that I'm going to get into logistics. <laughs> Yeah, I did. Uh, I did have a job for about a year at one point in the past where I was doing shipping for like a a warehouse, and I'd never done that kind of work before. But the way that it worked is that it was a small company, and like everyone kind of had like a task, and so if somebody new came in, it was like whatever position needed to be filled. Just like it didn't matter what your background really was, just you're going to learn how to do this, and that's going to be what you do. And, yes. And I unfortunately I drew the the lucky straw of you're going to learn shipping, and like, oh. I, I I was I was good at it. I was able to do it well, but it was definitely never like my passion, mm-hmm. and um and I that kind of frustrated me because I realized like okay no there's there's no like. I, there was nowhere for me to go really. It was like, that's what I do. That's what I'm always going to do while I'm here, unless maybe somebody else leaves. But um, yeah. So, I mean, I suppose I would have liked it more if there'd been a little bit more variety to it, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> if, if, if the place, if they, if they don't offer a lot more like things you can do, it will get a little stale, but this place, if it's, if it's not doing like the back end shipping, receiving, I'm also doing stuff on the floor. It's a it's a it's a clothing store, so I do love fashion, and I also get to like just see what's coming in new and it pick and choose what I might want to pick up later on. Yeah, starts. Yeah. And so with with the music thing, um, how did you get into uh, doing music? Do you want to hear? Okay, I mean, okay. just 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 kind okay. of briefly. Okay. <laughs> it was back. Uh, let's see. I was about. I think my mid-teen, oh, like 10, 11. And I was watching much music and the White Stripes were playing. And I'm like, I want to learn how to play that guitar. I want to learn how to play that 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 guitar. And my, my father actually had a just an old acoustic lying around. So I picked it up and I just started listening to like music. I'm learning it by ear. And then my father was like, oh, you guys actually want to learn to play music. So my brother actually plays me mainly his guitar and then since we both were like well one of us has to pick it up in the because we can't have two guitars and i go i'll do bass then so then we kind of split up separate ways he took guitar i took bass we also did classes in the conservatory try to learn classically but we realized that no we're just better at tablature and listening to stuff by ear so ever since like 12 13 i have actually just been like playing playing uh my own stuff i joined many bands my brother and I are actually in a band right now, but it's obviously because of like conditions that we can't really do anything. But yeah, music has always just been there. And I can actually say, I, I can actually say thank you to the White Stripes for getting me into playing music. Oh my gosh, the White Stripes. 
Yeah, no, I, I remember when I was learning, as I started learning at like 16, 17, I, my stepdad had an acoustic guitar and I, he let me, you know, pick it up and, and play around with it and the same thing like tabs. And I remember my music teacher used to, you know, be like, you know, this isn't, this isn't like, if you want to really be like a professional musician, like you can't do tabs. It's like, yeah, but this is how I can learn the songs I want to play right yeah. now. So um, I just, you know, there was a little bit of that attempted to gatekeep it a little bit, but, yes. um, but yeah, like, I mean, I, I can actually read sheet music. It's just very, very slow, very slow and very like clumsy, but, but I do understand somewhat how to read it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to get into reading sheet music again, but oh, it's that's just so much easier to pick up and learn. But yeah. Once I if I have more free time, I might get back into like standard notation stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that I am uh, I am still planning to do one of these days once I get uh, get my setup kind of set, figured out enough is um, I used to compose using like a MIDI comp- composition oh. program, and that's how I wrote all my music in the past. And like it's still very easy to do that way. So one day I'm going to sit down and I'm going to attempt to write a brand new song, and I'm probably going to stream it. So that could be sure interesting. Is. <laughs> I, I find that like art and music streams are like they're not. Like I, I want to find more people who are doing like art and music because like I love watching people just like compose mm-hmm. music, compose art. So obviously that's where Twitch comes in. Like the more yeah. I find, it, it just gets it, it's just interesting to watch. Yeah. So um, I I want to take this opportunity. The next question I like to ask about misconceptions. It's like a sub question, yes. really. And so why don't we start with the the logistics? What what would you say? Do you think is uh, like a, the, one of the biggest common misconceptions that people have about like logistics, like shipping, receiving kind of stuff. They, they, I, I think I have a lot of issues with people who just think that, that like it's easy. It's like, Oh, you just have this package shipped at this place. And it's like, no, it's, it's actually not because uh, working with the three or four different companies, the logistics, the logistics company that, that you ship with, it's like, is it a PO box? Are they in a spot that like is available to be shipped to? And also, they, they literally think that once it leaves, like once it leaves our store, it's gonna get there in like the next day. It's like no, there's a network that it has to go through sometimes, and people always seem to call us and be like, I thought it would be here by this date, and I go, well, we live in BC, we are in Ontario. I don't think that package can travel across the country in a day, but sure, you know, <laughs> you just think it's an easy process of I, I order it, I put it in a box and I send it out and the next day. It doesn't work like that. I think people are like really spoiled by Amazon and, and they don't realize yes. how Amazon achieves what they do. Like it's really at the yeah. expense of their workers. And yes. if, if Amazon actually treated their workers fairly and properly, you would not be able, like if you really want to get something next day, it wouldn't cost yes, you only like come. 10 extra bucks. It'd be like a hundred extra dollars. Right, yeah. And they yeah, that's the thing with Amazon. It's just like, it's one of those companies that I like they were always offering, you know, you want to work with us, and I'm like, no, you guys are mean. <laughs> but the, but I, where I work with is like, you order an item, it'll get to you within two or three days because that's kind of how it works. But everybody just thinks because because of how Amazon works with, I order it, it should be here the next day. It's like, no, no, that's just that company, mm-hmm. not ours. Yeah. And uh, with, since we're both kind of, I mean, you, I guess, have a little bit more experience with Twitch than I do, but um, what, what would you say is, is a, a misconception that people might have about being a Twitch streamer? That 
it is okay i'm gonna say it streaming is not easy it is really mm-hmm. not like they just think that you turn on a camera and you just play games or just do whatever but it's more so having to keep a conversation going having to ensure that like there isn't any like toxicity in your chat or in your community making sure that you have a, a good schedule and being able to abide by it majority of the time they, 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 just, they literally people just think that it's a i'll sit in front of a camera i'll turn on a game and i'll play it but it's like no there's also having to communicate having to take breaks and like you know keep people entertained that's what it is mm-hmm. let's just think that once you turn the camera on you're just going to be entertaining and it's like no it's it's not that easy there have been moments where i've just kind of had to be like i need to step away from this because i'm burned out yeah and in, in my sort of limited experience so far of just kind of a few weeks like i guess one of the main things because i'm still very new and so yeah. most of my streams uh i i don't get any viewers and that's that's kind of demoralizing to be honest when you get on there and you're excited yeah. and but then you're like literally just doing you're doing something for yourself yeah. essentially and like that's why people have been telling me you you can't if you if you're only streaming for the to, for the audience to get the follows then you shouldn't be doing it and um the other thing yeah like i and because i i as i've said on this show many times i'm a morning person i have the best energy for the first kind of half of the day and mm-hmm. because i can't stream during work hours or you know rather I, I i avoid doing that for obvious reasons um i i, I try to wait until you know like four or five p.m and by that point I'm just, I'm not as energetic and, and streaming does take energy for me. Oh, like, yeah. And so a lot of my streams have only been like, you know, 30 to 60 minutes. And, and by the end of that, I, I do feel like, okay. And especially if there's no like audience, I'm like, do I want to just keep it's pushing fine. myself? Yeah. So uh, that's kind of also why I want to get into doing a few more different things because I feel like, like gaming takes concentration, but if I'm doing yes. like an art stream, it's it more relaxed and I feel like it won't tire me out quite as much. Um, and just, it'll, so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to eventually be able to do more like two hour streams or something, but. If, if um, there's one thing you should do though, you should, I know it's a, you need, just need to advertise. Hmm. If you can find like a network of just be like, Hey, I'm going to be going live people. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you do have Twitter, it's just any, any, any uh, platform you're on, just be like, I'm going live. You'd like, yeah. I, cause I did that. I, I started, streaming to like one person no people at a time but i mean my average hasn't gone up a, a lot but it's like i do like and i go on there there will be people there watching it's like okay cool you know but it's just you just have to advertise because i realize that once i advertise on twitter that i'm going live people will people will show up especially mm-hmm. if it's like especially for like in our very close-knit trans community like people will show up just for support and yeah. it's it's an amazing feeling yeah and and like the other thing, the interesting thing too is because like lately i've been uh just looking like i just like watching some streams passively while i'm like doing yeah. stuff and and so i'm noticing that like you know during kind of the morning and then like the daytime i haven't found too many people that that i follow so far who are who are usually like live then it's usually like more in the evening and late at night so i'm i need to try to find more people who stream during like Kind of morning and daytime in, yeah. in the Eastern Time Zone. <laughs> yeah, I found that most of the people that I watch that stream in the morning are like in Japan, yeah, or the rest of the world. But I, I go or like I, the UK. Yeah. I can't understand what you're saying, but I like watching. So, 
Yeah, yeah, that's actually that's an int- I hadn't thought of that. I know like, you know, Europe is is kind of yes. but but again, most people are like more like late night, so even if late it's, night, yeah. you know, like 10 p.m. in in the, in, in uh, Europe, it's still going to be like uh 5 6 p.m. here, so right, yeah. it's still kind of on the later side. <laughs> but I so like once you build uh, build like a good small audience, they will always want to come out and watch you. Yeah. That's what I keep telling myself is like, you know, I got to just keep doing, you know, the grinding until I have one or two people that keep popping in and that will really kind of help motivate me. Um, but I'm starting to have more fun with it now that I'm kind of finding my, my group. Just more so just, just have fun with it. And like, like I've actually stopped looking at like the numbers. I just like having fun being on camera. Yeah. 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 That's got, that's a good way to go. Um, yeah. So the next question here, um, when uh, when you were a child, um, do you remember what you wanted to be or to do when you grew up? I wanted to be a professional snowboarder. Oh. <laughs> do you remember I, why? I grew up watching the X Games. Okay. I grew up playing a lot of extreme sports games. And I remember the first time for a school trip, we, we went to, like, just a small hill. And I had, like, one of those very terrible, like, like very low brand snowboards that you just kind of slip, slip your boots in and just went down the hill. And I'm like, you know what? I want to do this professionally. And then I, I watched the X games, the winter S games. And I'm like, I want to do that. I want to do like flip the stuff off a half pipe. And my mother was like, no, no, you don't. I'm like, but why? She goes, trust me, you don't want to go. I'm like, but snowboarding, it looks fun. If it wasn't like a professional snowboarder, it would be like a skateboarder or BMX. But like, I was always into like the extreme sports things. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I was talked out a bit because my brother went snowboarding, fractured his wrists, and I'm like, "Oh, cool." Not anymore, then. Yeah, I know. We we talked in the bonus episode about professional wrestling, and that's something yes. that that at different times, even to this day, like I kind of think. It would it would be kind of fun even to just do like like a one kind of day try like wrestling training and see how that was because I I feel like it would be cool to try some of those moves. <laughs> I was in a school for six months. Oh wow, how'd it that hurts. go? Oh, it, oh my god, it hurt. Okay, so I've heard that. <laughs> the first thing they want you to do is take a bump, fall on your back, and I'm like, oh, this looks like I see it on TV all the time. I can do this. Land on your back, the wind just leaves your body. You're just like, oh, yeah, this is what we're in for. And it's just a lot of obviously choreography, like making sure that if you do this right, you both won't go down in like a ball of flames. And I think it was the uh, where I had to stop was the oh we're gonna learn how to you know take a fall off the top rope, and I'm like, <laughs> oh okay, and and they're just like okay get on the top and just jump, but yet you need to land a certain way so that you, that that your whole body takes the impact where it's not like you know not just one part of your body. And mm. I think the first three people hit the mat and they did not get up. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so I jumped and I did not get up. See, I, a couple yeah. of years back, I, for just, I think for like a, a summer, I went and like, I did, um, like there was these kind of open practice nights at this gym yes. that had like oh, trampolines and stuff. Yes. And I remember like, I actually did learn how to do a couple of like flips and tricks on yes. trampolines. And I was just thinking like, 
that's how you like learn how to like move your body at the right speed and the right rotation to land the right way. Right. And yes. it does take, and that's with a trampoline. A so to yeah. learn to do it just on your own just, power. Just jumping off and I go, I don't, I think I don't think I can do that. That's why I guess a lot of talent, they just don't do anything off the ropes. And I'm like, mm. that makes sense because I did it for six months and I'm like, I can barely get a scoop slam down. So I'm just gonna. <laughs> but it, it, it was fun, just that my body was in shambles. And I'm like, I don't yeah. think I can go on with this. My body's too old and broken down at this point. <laughs> if I try to do wrestling training would, now, I probably would, would not get up. They would, they, would, they would need to roll the casket right in. <laughs> um, okay, so the next question here. Um, I like to talk about this, this idea that, uh, you know, that we're often kind of told that by the age of 30, we're supposed to have a lot of things figured out and we're supposed to like, kind of, you know, be like married with kids and have our career and all that stuff in the house. And, and obviously that's not the case for a lot of people. And so I instead like to ask the question in terms of, cause it's like, well, when do we actually find our, our kind of paths or when do we feel like we've figured out enough that we're like, okay, I'm not flailing anymore. And maybe you haven't reached that point yet. That's totally fine. Um, but if you do feel like you're on a path that you're more or less content with, um, what age were you at when you first kind of got on that path? I can safely say that I don't think I'm quite there yet. But Fair. I feel like, so we've, I've been in talks with my partner and we're just like, we want to get out of here. We want to move thinking of moving to like you know bc like in like in like not like in the city but just in a nice in a nicer i guess you could say rural area mm-hmm. we just want to grow up have like a nice house a garden and just just live our lives there and then if if it all goes well we can always just move to new zealand where it's beautiful and you know just a new scene like i think i would have like things figured out if i were just move into a new a new environment and the fact that like we're thinking of that and just like thinking of that and putting that into into like the works. I think that's and I'm 32 and that's where it's like, oh, okay, 32. That's where I decided that I need to start moving forward with just doing different things with my life and not just sitting here flailing. Yeah, absolutely. Um and so if you could uh if you could kind of like <laughs> for some reason i'm being awkward no um i so i was just trying to think of it like a slightly different way to frame this part but basically i was going to ask um what would you say was one of the biggest or a a big obstacle to you to kind of finding a suitable path for yourself sooner oh transition was a big big obstacle hmm. i was very wishy-washy about it i'm like ah. Oh. I want to, but I don't think I should. It's going to be too much. It's having to worry about family and friends around you and like working. And I was very put off with the idea of trying to be, you know, your true self. Mm-hmm. But then I realized that if I ever want to be happy and I'm, you know, a better, on a better track, I have to do this. And thankfully I overcame it with a lot of help and, you know, now that I know, if I know that I can get past that obstacle and it's been like almost five years, then I could, uh, then I could do anything, do do anything else I put my mind to. Yeah. So the next question here, um, self-care is something that's, you know, it's, it's often 
uh, derided, uh, somewhat, um, I don't want to say comically, but like, you know, a lot of the media likes to make fun of us millennials and our, and our self-care and our avocado yep. toast and whatnot. But self-care is, is a very integral part for, of our lives. Like capitalism is slowly grinding us into dust and we often don't have a lot of time and, and energy left for things that actually you know bring us joy and happiness. So um, I like to ask, what is the last act of self-care that you did for yourself, no matter how small it was? Hmm. So I would see some stuff. What I consider self-care is something that will, I guess, you know, bring your serotonin levels up. So there was a day that I brought my uh, both my bunnies outside, and I just chased them around <laughs> the front yard, and that just it just it was just it just made me happy. Like I forgot about, I just forgot about you know having to work, having you know my body being you know kind of sore, and it was just my two little bunnies running away from me, going, "Oh my gosh, what is mother doing?" We must run. We must hide. And yeah, that was just like that one. It just made me feel happy. I can totally understand that. I've been saying lately that I really wish that I had a pet because I feel like that would make lockdown a little bit easier. <laughs> my, yeah, my two bunnies and two guinea pigs, they, they, they like to make it known that they are here, especially the guinea pigs when they see me coming down the stairs and you start screaming at me and I go, okay, I know. I know. <laughs> Um, so, uh, the next question here, um, I, I, I don't know about you. I, I definitely like to learn new things and I think being on this show, you probably do too. And so I like to ask my guests, um, what is the last new thing that you learned, whether it was a skill or a piece of information and what is something that you would still like to learn? The most recent thing I learned how to do was, uh, create a 3d model apparel, kind of edit a 3d model more so as far as like editing the hair editing the eyes editing all that stuff like that was like the most recent thing i learned how to do and i'm still learning how to use other like art programs so that would be one big thing that i learned like as of recent and i'm, I'm also listening to a lot of long form video essays and just learning things about sad things sadly about like capitalism and like the governments and i'm like oh dear i'm learning a bit too much and i should just but it's it's I feel like it's necessary for me. It's like necessary learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but- yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I I listen to a lot of like podcasts. I watch a lot of YouTube passively. Uh, now that I'm tuning into more different Twitch channels, sometimes I pick up little bits from there. Um, you know, sometimes on social media. So it's you know if you if you're kind of out there and your your antennas are kind of pointed out into yeah. the the ether, there's always something to pick up. Yeah, like like I I mean like I welcome all the learning because it's like better to learn it now than never. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've started I uh, just started listening to an, a self help audiobook, which uh, is uh, definitely something that I wish that I had uh, already. This particular one I wish that I had known about you know six months ago. It might have might have made some things a little bit. Uh, easier but um yeah so the next question here and this is kind of again on that the theme of the the show um so we talk about hats and metaphorical hats and mm-hmm. you know being like skills or or interests or um knowledge sets and so between kind of like your your work and your hobbies and just everything that you do in your life what would you say are your two most dissimilar hats uh and not obviously the, the metaphorical kind mm-hmm. Most, most, I guess just different. Like, just you look at one, it's like, how how do you like this? And then, like, like that. 
I guess it just would be... Oh, man. I guess it, w- it would kind of... I... No, that's, that's, that's a really... I never thought about that. <laughs> it's like my interests range from, like, I guess, wrestling, Super Sentai, uh, just, uh, I would say, uh, what, just weird memes and stuff, and then you go to, like, other interests, like, fashion where it's all sometimes it can or oh sorry okay 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 very 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 two very different like aspects of like things that, that i like would be i guess your traditional boy things like wrestling cars i guess uh, people i mean these are the people say that like are these weirdly gender things cars sports and stuff and then i and then you look at my other side of things where it's just like uh japanese fashion where it's just very sweet and pink and decorated. Just like, how is this person doing this? Like, I don't get this. And like, I don't get it either. I just like two weirdly polarizing things. I mean, you could bring them together, but it just would seem kind of out there. It's strange. Yeah, I can I can get that. I, I don't uh I don't do a lot of I mean, I like doing hands-on stuff and like it doesn't have to necessarily be artistic. Like I'd love to learn how to like, you know, either build or, or repair or rewire like circuit boards, but I also, you know, love dressing up in frilly clothes and I love doing like, you know, like pastel design work and stuff. And um yeah, just it's I mean, it's it's all valid. And I think as I kind of keep saying on the show that I think these these two kind of extremes exist and, and we kinda, you know, we you can't we can't be all to one extreme because that's just maybe not the most healthy thing. So uh, I think that like a lot of times if you have like a more analytical um, mechanical kind of job, then your hobbies make sense for them to be a little bit more loose and flowy and and vice versa. Yeah. Um, So this next question is is a newer one that I've been asking on more recent episodes. Um, This one I'm looking at in the terms of like, you know, we, we, we get forced, you know, quote unquote forced to, to learn a lot of things in school. Um, a lot of, you know, sort of the, the, mm-hmm. the essential subjects as it were. And unfortunately art is not considered one of them a lot of the time, but a lot of things that we learn and that, you know, people think like, well, do I, do I ever really use that once that I got out of school? And, but I know we learn a lot of things in our travels once we're out of school that, you know, do end up serving us and, and often kind of in more than just one situation. And so, can you think of an example where something that you learned uh, outside of school, uh, whether kind of like a skill or just like, again, like mm-hmm. a knowledge set or something that you have ex- uh, applied in an, an, an unexpected or very like unrelated situation or example? <laughs> yeah, let's see. I think it was like, I learned how to uh, properly tie bows. Hmm because of, like, just the fashion I was in. Well, I won't say properly, but, like, uh, I learned how to tie just really nice-looking bows. And there was a job I was at where we needed to make gift boxes. I mean, even the job now, I would have to do it, but everybody was like, I don't know how to tie a, a bow. And I'm like, oh, I happen to have this one very random skill of tying bows. I will tie bows for, like, these packages. And that's kind of that one skill that I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm never, never going to learn how to I'm never going to need to tie a bow outside of like tying a waist bow for like friends. And here I am at my job tying, tying bows for, 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 uh, for presents. 
Like, oh, me. Okay. I'll take it. <laughs> that's, that's very cute. <laughs> um, so the next question here, um, I like to ask the guests, and this, this might, I guess your, your job probably would be uh, kind of similar um, pre-pandemic and post-pandemic, but um, what uh, was your schedule like, and do you have a peak time of day? So if we were going free, it was very, I had a different job before mm. with the pandemic, and it was just a nine-to-five job, and I would say my peak would obviously be after work. 5 p.m. where it's like, hey, I still have a day ahead of me. That's where I'm like my best. I can, I go home, I will do cleaning, I'll cook, I'll you know, do a stream or something, or I'll just like, just be <laughs> up and active. But now that I'm in a different position, the times are really weird. I don't have a set time. It's usually 1 to 10, 2 to 11, 10 to 7, 11 to so. But I still think that my, my on time would be at around 5 p.m., even if I'm still at work. That was where it's the, I'm getting the most done. Whereas in the morning, I'm just a zombie. And then by the end of the shift, it's like, I'm a zombie again. So, but like my most on time would be five o'clock. But then even on the weekends, if I, or on a day off, like once in five p.m. hits, I know that I can start doing all these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been kind of finding lately that I wish that I had like a, an evening job, even though I know that I would be kind of more tired and, and wouldn't enjoy it as much. But I just, I've been finding that especially kind of during the days, like now that it's now that I know that winter is pretty well behind oh, us. And oh, now that I've got this, this new, like I just often, like a lot of times lately, I felt like I, when I got up, I was like, you know what? I want to stream. Like I, after I eat yeah. breakfast, I want to stream, but I can't. And it's I like, do, yeah, I wish that I could, I could kind of do that. And then I could do like my job job, like afterwards. Yeah. But, that's that's only possible kind of on the weekends. And I wish that, yeah, I wish that like those days off, it's like, oh, oh, it's like 11 o'clock. I'll just hop on a stream for a bit. And it's like, no, I'm probably going to be streaming at like 11 p.m. midnight. Yeah. Like, oh. But I, I, yeah, I guess it's just how it is sometimes. Yeah, we gotta we gotta kind of make the best of of our situations. Yeah. Um, it's It's still like just, I'm even just thinking that the fact that because again, I, I've talked about this on the show before, how when I was kind of in college, like the first time or back when I was starting to just kind of create my own things and sort of just even have the be- the very faint beginnings of an idea of a brand, um, there there was like, I think there was only like MySpace, like Facebook was, was yeah, not, or it was, it was just barely. And there was, there was like, I think Twitter, but just none of the stuff that we have now, like now if you, if you do create something now, there's so many more ways for you to, to kind of get it out there yeah, and yes. build an audience. And it's like, it's much easier. Like if you actually like, you work at it consistently, it's much easier and quicker to yeah. build an audience. And um, I just think about how, as much as I'm kind of like jealous of, you know, younger creators coming up now and just kind of like being able to jump right into it. I'm still thankful that like, well, Hey, it's like that at all. Like, even if it wasn't like that for me 10 years ago, it is now. And I can still take advantage of it now. And, you know, the fact that I can just finish work and hop on a stream and like be building, you know, audience and community and everything is, it's very cool. It's like, guys, I can imagine back in the MySpace days, like I actually stumbled across my old band page and I'm like, how did we ever get people to listen to our stuff? Like it was just, 
Yeah. <laughs> um, so the next few questions here are getting kind of close to the end of the show. Uh, we get a little bit more serious for a bit. Okay. Um, so the next question kind of talks about close relationships in our life because they obviously, um, you know, play an important role in kind of helping us like kind of see our worth and, and kind of, you know, encouraging us towards our, our goals and our aspirations. And um, so I like to, uh, I've kind of framed it now in this idea of, of heavy hats and hype hats and hype hats are pretty obvious. It's someone that hypes you up and encourages you and, and like that kind of thing. And heavy hats is the people who kind of weigh you down and slow you down and hold you back and make you doubt yourself. And they're, they're not, they're not positive presences in your life in general. And so you don't have to name any specific names, but uh, I do like to ask if you can kind of think of an example, uh, one, one kind of person or um, an example of kind of one of each and uh, kind of talk a little bit about that. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with naming names. I mean, <laughs> I, I, mean I want to start with like the, the heavy hat first so I can get that all the way. That's like fine with you. I think that the heavy hat, I feel like the heavy hat, I feel a lot of people have this in common, would probably be something in your family. Mine's my father. Heavy hat, just he's somebody that I actually had to be like, okay, you are no longer in my life because you're bringing me down. You don't respect anything about me. And I understand that you're family and all, but I don't need this. Like, I don't need this in my life. So he's would be considered the heavy hat that I, I just like, if I have to see him and if I, if I have to see him and it, you just kind of feel that weight on my shoulder and on my head as well, because, you know, just he just wants to like tear you down because he wa he wants to be right about this transition being a phase. And I'm like, Nope, no more of that. Mm -hmm. But then I also have my hype hat, which is uh, my partner. I'm pretty sure you've seen her walk by here and there. She is back there. <laughs> She's my hype hat. She actually was the one who hyped me up, got me into transitioning. Like she saw that you need this. And I was very like, oh, I don't know. She's like, no, you're doing this. And I, to this day, thank her because I would not be this person I was wasn't wasn't for her, like being there for me. Hmm. Yeah, and every and when I when I'm feeling when I doubt when I'm feeling like sad or doubt myself, she's there to tell me, no, no. Get yeah, what 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 you're thinking is just pure like nonsense. You're beautiful. You're amazing. <laughs> and I was like hearing those words from her because it always makes me feel like. You know, yeah. From from my own recent conversations with friends, with kind of helping me through the the situation that I've been struggling with recently, um, it's I, I've noticed like you know the the phrase that you know we are our own worst critics does tend to be true, and we often, yes. especially, I'm realizing, uh, unfortunately, my father also was very much a heavy hat and and is no longer in my life as as a result of that, and um, and because of a lot of the the things that were internalized from him when I was growing up that I, I do beat myself up very easily. And I do, you know, assume whenever something goes wrong, it's like, well, I must've caused that. Like I yes. must change something. Oh, I... And, and so I've gone through a lot of having to like 
to give myself credit and recognize like sometimes I push myself way harder than I should. And then it doesn't go. And I'm just, well, well, clearly I didn't try hard enough because it didn't work. And, yeah. and, and just trying mm-hmm. to like, you know, see my worth again. And my friends have been really, really good and help with help with that. So, and, and, you know, on, on last episode with, with Carly, um, they made the great point that, you know, if, if someone, if you're thinking about changing or you think that you want to try something new in your life and people around you are not excited for that, then that's kind of a, that should be a bit of a, a flag of like, they should be, you know, they should be encouraging um, sort of self-exploration yeah, yeah. and growth. And, and if they're like, yeah, no, I don't think this is a good idea. I mean, there can be times when that, that makes sense, but so, you know, the way that they come at it. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I see what you mean. Like you, if you're very passionate about doing something and they're just kind of like, mm, it's like, but it's like something you're very, you're wanting to do. I can understand if it's something like, hey, I'm going to go fight a Wolverine. It's like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do not do that. But if it's just something like, I feel like I'm in the wrong body when I transition, it's like, okay, we'll be there to help you. Yeah. And not, yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is a topic that, I mean, I, I'm very, I'm very into to this kind of stuff right now because I've been trying to, you know, figure, figure stuff out and, and, uh, kind of find my own sort of like peace and, and, um, and, and closure, I guess, in a sense, um, from, from the situation that didn't, didn't go the way that I would have liked. Um, and so a lot of, a lot of reflection and a lot of, um, now starting to be able to see things through more of the, like the rational lens versus the emotional and trauma lenses, which, which cloud things for sure. And, and uh but yeah that uh with that said we'll we'll continue on here um that's right into the very related subject uh, i'd like to ask about mental health and of course you don't have to talk about anything that you don't want to you can be as general or specific as you like but i do like to ask my guests um what uh what uh is there any mental health issues that you have experienced in your life and how have you worked through them it would a lot of my mental health issues have probably happened the pre-transition. I've had some posts well during my transition, but a lot of them were just a lot of, I guess, just isolation. Wiping myself out from like social platforms and not responding to people's messages and just vanishing and like, oh, wow. And then, I mean, I didn't think about it as depression back then. It's like, no, I'm just, you know, I'm just being myself. But then, People look at me like, nope, you are depressed. You are, you are depressed that you are trying to find this really weird way of coping by, by pushing away help and banishing from the internet. And I go, oh, and then even now, like I have, I, I mean, I, I want to keep myself on as little platforms as little platform as platforms as possible because I guess just the amount of social networking can get to me sometimes. But I do realize that, like, uh, when it, I did realize that during, I guess, our first wave of, of lockdowns, my mental health had like gotten better because I had nine consecutive months off just being able to relax. Not had to worry about a workplace. I got to do things like go hiking like every other day, travel to like different parts of Ontario and just be in the woods and forage and stuff. And I didn't realize now that now that I'm back in work. It's just, it's, I just like, wow, I can't believe it took a pandemic for me to figure out that like, I just needed time off to feel better mentally. Because right now I'm, I'm like, 
kind of exhausted thinking about going into work and am I gonna am I gonna get sick or is there gonna be like another you know is something bad happen at work and that kind of kind of brings your mental thinking out it's like oh gosh like you're not worrying I'm not worrying about just going to work and finishing I'm worrying I'm worrying about I'm worrying about I'm gonna go to work am I gonna get sick is there gonna be a breakout is am I gonna get caught this am I gonna get everybody sick around me and then I start getting into this really bad mental head But I usually, usually what I would do when I would have like an episode I would just talk to, talk to somebody, like a therapist, or just kind of just express how I feel towards a friend or a partner. Like, okay, no, I hear you. And maybe if you just kind of broke it down and not, not like I'm over-exaggerating like certain aspects. Yeah, I in my own kind of experience with with mental health through kind of the the pandemic, I it, it's it, it became kind of obvious at a certain point. Like I did go through uh, through kind of burnout uh, from just a lot of things not going well and and just not not kind of being able to find I guess like the the right solutions and and not being good at setting kind of boundaries and. Um, and like, I, you know, when you get to a certain point of like kind of depletion and burnout and exhaustion, your, your resilience to be able to handle even like small everyday things, like you'll start to blow up over like things that are just so insignificant because you're just, your patience is gone and you're just so just, you know, cause when, when, when you get so tired, you kind of like your, your monkey brain kind of takes or, or lizard brain is it, uh, whichever, whichever one is the like emotional one where you just, you just become like, like just instinct only. And like, you, you can't really stop and think as well and be like, Hey, what would be the consequence yeah. if I do this? You can't and, put rational thought into what you're doing. Yeah. And, you. and it's been interesting to kind of be able to see it in someone else when, when you know that they're really like stretched to their limit and then they're potentially making decisions that like you can easily see how that fit how that decision could impact them in you know a short time in the future but they just you know they they don't at that time they just don't have it in them to to worry about it so um that's that's another reason why you know like i said with with capitalism and with being so like a lot of us in in this pandemic like i coming into it i was i was pretty okay because i was an introvert anyways and i didn't go out a ton anyways but then once like what i've noticed is like being forced to be kind of introverted is different than choosing it and now i'm very much in an extroverted phase right now and and it's it's kind of weird but it's also like okay so right now i just i want to talk to people all the time and that's what makes me feel better and so if I can, if that opportunity is there, if people are willing to talk, then great. Then, then I can, it helps, but um, yeah, it's just being aware of these things. And it's, I, I've been thinking to myself, quite honestly, if there wasn't like, if, if there's still like, you know, vaccines were, were not actively being doled out. It's like, okay, you know, hopefully to, like, if there's in 2022, it's like to think of going through another year of this, a lot of people would not make yeah. it. Yeah, because like, cause like I mean, hearing that like a lot of my friends in the states have already gotten both their vaccines, and I'm like, we haven't even gotten our like, yeah, a good chunk of our people like vaccinated yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, it could certainly have been worse. It certainly could have been better, but just 
recognizing and being thankful for the things that I recognize I can and should be thankful for. (laughs) I mean, I'm glad that like vaccines are a thing that there are, that they have been tested and that they're a thing. I'm not have to worry about, you know, living in another two or three years of like, are we going to, is it going to get worse? But Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, so with that said, um, the kind of last question is this tough little trio. Um, I like to spread, to preface this question with um, failure can be a good thing because it can usually either show us something that, that wasn't right for us, or it can teach us how to do better and, and kind of get the right thing next time. And so I'd like to ask, uh, what is an example from your life, from your history, um, when something didn't go the way that you would have hoped uh, for, for whatever reason? Uh, and what, what did you, what, like, what kind of important lesson did you take from that, if anything? Uh, enough, the first time I actually I joined a band and I was playing, like, the way I learned how to play in front of another person who was actually, like, I guess he was classically trained. So, like, he knew more about scales and everything and he actually just he would laugh at how I play I'm like I'm in your band and you're laughing at me at the way that I'm playing and that I don't know certain things that he does and he really made me feel like I literally failed like the whole entire band for not being at like his level and there's time where like I had to step away from the band I had to like just go back and be like wait a minute I guess I did like, maybe I did fail at playing like this instrument maybe I'll just like put it away and I did for like a year and then I was like, no, no, I, everybody, if I'm failing now, I mean, I can just pick it up again and, you know, go at my own pace. I don't need to have the band tell me that like, I, oh, you're, you're not playing at our level, you know. It, then the failure to me was like, okay, I failed. I failed in front of you guys, but that's cool. I'm going to just go back to the drawing board and relearn what I, you know, relearn and do better at what I what I do with this instrument. So, and I, I did, I did realize that like, when it comes to, if, if I'm failing at something, all I'd need to do is just kind of just stop and take a break, uh, go at it slowly. Cause I think my issue is that I like to jump into things and try to get to like the good level right there when I hop in and go, nope, nobody, like not, not everybody can do that. You just hop into a, a, a hobby or uh, even like something to play in a game or, you know, play an instrument or, you know, just any, any type of hobby, people think that if you jump right into it, you're just going to do good, but then you'll fail and then they get discouraged. But it's like, no, go at it slowly, go at it as slow as, as at your own pace and don't just get frustrated and give up. Just, just keep going and save everything that you've done so that you can always go back and look at, oh, I am doing better. Which you know, I do with some of the uh, some of the songs that I like played in the past. I'd go back and I'd go, oh, I did good here. I'm doing better right now. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people are kind of afraid to go back and and look at what they did in the past because it's almost like if you like if you had like a blog or a journal when you were a teenager and you go back and you read, it's like, oh my god, really was oh, I that obnoxious or yeah? But but like for myself, like because I started writing a lot more, kind of about. 10, 12 years ago. And so when I go back and look at old stuff I wrote, like I, I can, it's sort of like I can identify where the, the potential really was and some of the spots where I hadn't just, 
hadn't quite fully formed or refined the ideas or I didn't have as much confidence in my own voice. And, and, and yeah, so being like, it, it does, it does help to go back and, and kind of review things that you've done. And it can be a really great way to, to show yourself how much you have improved. And that can be very, very motivating as long as you can restrain, like, I mean, you don't want to like, I guess there's that, that trip, that, that uh, trap potentially of, um, going back and be like, wow, I was so terrible. Like that means I really must just be terrible and I'm not actually as good as I think. It's like, no, it doesn't recognize, mm-hmm. of course you were, you're better now than you were. Cause you've still, you've been practicing more and yeah. just try to see that positive spin on it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, just, I put the positive spin. Cause I'm like, I look at my old, I listen to myself and I'm like, Oh, this is bad. But for me at that time, it was considered like good for me. You know? Yeah. Now it's like, Oh, I'm a lot better. Okay, good. I mean, there was, there was progress. You can hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, So I guess that kind of semi answered the next question, but we'll, we'll do it anyways. I'd like to ask about advice, uh, specifically uh, advice for teenagers for 30 somethings and for like grandparents or grandparents or elders, excuse me. And uh, you can give the same piece of advice for all three groups, or you can give separate for each if you want. Um, What would you say to those groups of people? I think it's like for the, like the teens I see now, they are a lot better at wanting to pursue things they want to pursue. I guess because they have they have the tools like at their you know at their disposal. I'm actually glad that they're getting to things like art, getting things like music, and it's just like just don't give up, just keep doing it because we need more of that stuff in the world. And I know that there will be. I mean, there will be some. I've talked to a few young people, and they're like, "Oh, you know, I'm doing this art thing, but it's not working." It's like, no, just keep doing it, please. Like, whatever you're posting, you're spreading joy to somebody out there, and we need that right now. Like, please. And obviously, people my age, it's, it's more so we're not old as much as much as much as people want to be like, oh my god, you're so old. It's like I'm not old. Just obviously going back to this question, like you don't have your life figured out now. If you did, then that's good for you that you had your life figured out, but you still have a lot of time left to like, figure yourself out. And mm-hmm. For the older generation, like I think after, um, like my grandmother, for instance, I thought that she wasn't going to like my transition at all. Being from an older generation, it was a lot of, oh gosh, they're going to bring in things like religion into certain aspects but my grandmother actually she she goes i don't have i don't have the time to like hate my grandchildren like i don't you're still my grandchild i still adore you and love you and i go other grandparents just need to see that like they just need to all those i know that it's hard to kind of throw throw away throw away that old way of thinking but you can see that if you just kind of put that to the side and look at you know, your grandchildren or just people that you don't want to understand, you can learn to understand and see that, you know, we're just, we're just trying to live our life like you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's really, really nice. And I, I don't usually do this sort of thing, but something that I said earlier, I feel like I want to tack on a slight uh, amendment to it. Cause it's, it's bothering me. Yeah. Cause uh, like I said, I recognize that, 
Um, so I guess I'll just kind of be more direct about it. The, the relationship that I was in just ended recently and yeah. it was, it was very complicated and kind of messy and, and I've been just churning my insides over it for, for weeks. And, and like I said, I, you know, a lot of my friends kept saying to me, like, you know, you're, you're beating yourself up too much. It's not, you're, you're being like, you're being too hard on yourself. You're not giving yourself enough credit. And I was kind of saying like, my default is always to be like, okay, I, like I started, I was hundred percent wrong and I needed to change everything. And, and I don't, I don't want it to sound like I'm saying like, I didn't do anything wrong. Cause certainly yeah. it's everyone. There's always, there's always a balance, like both sides, you know, did you things yeah, there's, there's always two sides. Like, um, so. But I, so I just wanted to say though, like, cause again, my default is to assume too much blame, but I know some people, their default is like, oh, I didn't do anything wrong. Anything. I, I'm, oh, I'm fine. Yeah. And, and the truth is always somewhere in the middle. So I just want to say, don't, be overly harsh on yourself, but also yes. be realistic. And this is why I think talking to friends and having the right friends who will be honest with you, like they obviously care about you and they want you to, to, to care about yourself, but they can also give you a bit of that real talk and, and, uh, and, you know, say like, you know what? Yeah. You, you, this is something you could probably work on. So, um, yeah, l listen to your friends and hopefully you have the right ones and they will tell you the right things. And yeah. <laughs> Um, agree. but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to try not to bring that, uh, that situation up too much more. Cause it's, it's, you know, it's done and I'm, I'm moving on and, and, uh, it is what it is. So, um, yeah, the next step here is, uh, we get to flip the script and I let the guest guest ask me a question if they want to. I don't know if you had one uh, in mind or not. I actually wanted to ask about, uh, Parker and Tucker. Okay. Like, how did it, like how did it feel to like get to have something of yours published? Like and being being up for sale. Like how does that feel? I still need to get myself a copy, like because I really want to yeah, I see like just you have a book if it was published. And I'm like, how does it feel? Um it so I mean, it's definitely cool, like to be able to say I am a published author and and hold up a book and like this is actually a full written book with you know, you know that that a professional editor has gone through and they weren't like yeah this is terrible don't publish this, um, and you know a friend of mine uh, actually Mallory Cooper from episode two I believe of this show way back when uh, she gave me lots of uh, guidance and advice and helped me with that and um, it. It started out as a very like off the cuff thing. I talked to, I did a recent interview with uh, with the Transverse Network and uh, they asked me how how it kind of came to be and it started as just an idea and it it was originally um, Packer and Tucker and that uh, and trans people will probably get that double reference. Yes. Um but but it was pointed out to me by a couple of people that that uh, that they they were uncomfortable with that particular yeah. double reference, and so I changed one of the names, but it still has the same kind of cadence and flow. And but when I thought of that, it was just like this is too good to not do something with. And I just thought to myself, I just it, I pictured them as like a detective duo, and it's like I want to try and write this, and so I just started writing and. Uh, and just, I liked it enough that I, you know, I was like, Hey, no, I, I want to, I want to, you know, see this through. And, uh, what I learned from that, cause this is only a short novel, I think it's like 28,000 or 30,000 words total, which is like a quarter of a, a full length novel normally. And so I learned through that, that if I ever am intending to actually write a full length novel, 
that is going to be a commitment. And I do have ideas, but just kind of knowing what the process is like and and how much the editing is going to cost and stuff, um, I'm I'm kind of holding off on that for now. But it's just I like being able to say that I've done things or I've tried things, and so. You know, I've written very, very short fiction before, and this time it was, I wanted something a little bit more ambitious. I want to be like, can I actually write like a decent short novel? And apparently I can. So um, that's, that's cool. And, and kind of scratch that itch. And, and now I'm sort of scratching some other itches. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, yeah. Cause like, I just like it's so cool that, you know, it's just, it's there for sale and I go, yeah it, it's it's uh yeah and i mean like also like the merch that i have i just i just actually i mean well so it's been out for a little while by the time you see this or by the time you hear this but on uh, april 2nd i believe it was i published uh i finally recorded and published a video where i had ordered a bunch of merch off my own merch store because like i want to do a quality check because i want to yeah. know that if i'm telling people to go buy stuff from here that I can stand behind what it is and not feel like I'm ripping them off with crap quality. So I ordered a bunch of stuff. It came, I checked it out. I showed it off on camera and talked about it and, and kind of reviewed it. And uh, I just published that. So, you know, but like having things around like, Oh, like a shirt of my design, I can wear it and I can show it. And I have like mugs and I have, you know, pillows and stickers and, and all kinds of stuff. And that's, that's also really neat. It's like, these are things that, that I made that exist because of me and my effort. And it's not to like, you know, be egotistical about it. It's just, it's, it is something that, you know, that people can't take away from me. And um, yeah. So <laughs> that kind of, that's kind of like a, like an early plug section. I'll talk a little bit more about stuff when we get there, but um, yeah. Thanks for that question. And I hope that uh, was a good answer. <laughs> oh yes, it was. I need to get myself a copy of that book. Cause I actually, I'm going to give it a read. Uh, well, I mean, if you would like a, an autographed copy, I could uh, hook you up with that. <laughs> I would like an autographed copy, actually. <laughs> and it's kind of limited edition because I've made uh, I've made one uh, correction to it, I think, since it was published originally. Oh. So, um, but yeah, with that said, um, the next thing I like to do here before we do like the the, the true ending of the show um, is I like to ask: uh, Are there any charities or causes that you would like to raise help raise awareness of? I haven't really been on actual like causes, but I just I think anything that Black Lives Matter like has, mm -hmm. I would say take a look at them and please help them out because we need help. And mm -hmm. just the way that things are going all over the world, I just kind of feel like they've been on their ball. They've been on the ball with finding out people to donate to and all the, you know, all the good charities and such. I don't have any links myself. Like I wish I did, but just anything, anyone that, that just supports the Black Lives Matter movement, because they don't just support Black lives. They support, you know, anybody in need, I would say. I was uh, I was trying to open up a file quickly without making a ton of noise, so I muted myself. Oh, okay. um, so yeah, I just actually I wanted, to, and this is not me intending to brag, but just yeah, yeah. Um, because you know we're uh, this is like a perfect opportunity I think to uh, to kind of 
go down. So uh, last year, because of the pandemic and because yes. I was, you know, doing pretty well financially, I was doing better than I needed to be. Yeah. Um, when, when, you know, back in May, when kind of the world exploded and everyone's just like, I can't pay my rent and all these things. Oh, and, yeah. and uh, for one month I ended up donating in like an entire paycheck because I got paid three times one month. And I was oh. like, you know what? Might this is kind of just a bonus. And so I just wanted to like name some of the places because a lot of them were um, more BIPOC centric. And so okay. I wanted to kind of just, if people are looking for more ideas, obviously there's Black Lives Matter. There is a Toronto chapter. There's chapters in a lot of, uh, yeah. kind of major cities, but there's also uh, races, R-A-I-C-E-S. There's the NAACP. There's the ACLU. There is the National Bailout, which I don't know that's specifically Black only, but definitely, uh, you know, I was going to say, because the prison population is predominantly people of color, which is, yeah. And then there's Black Women in Motion, there's Color of Change, there's the Canadian Race Relations Foundation, there's the NIA Centre for the Arts, um, there is Toronto Black Film Festival, there is the Canadian Anti-Hate Network and the Canadian Anti-Racism Society, Black Legal Action Center, Black-led mental health supports, Black Vision, uh, Communities United Against Police Brutality is another related one. Um, those are just a bunch of the ones that I, I have record of having donated to last year. So check those all out, and I'll put them all in the show notes for this episode. Oh, I will. I will. <laughs> Thank you. Um, black Lives, all Black Lives Matter for sure. And... Um, yeah, so at this point, we're going to do plugs, and I let the guest always go first. I know we've talked a little bit about your Twitch, but anything at all that you want people to know about that you do or follow you or check out online, let us know. Well, I'll see my Twitch uh, at Madam Vanessa. Mm-hmm. Same thing for my Twitter. Those are the two platforms that I'm mostly on. Twitter mm-hmm. is not just uh, streams of Twitter. It's mostly just my thoughts and just things that I find, because uh, I follow a lot of uh, social justice warriors, a lot of other people in the gaming community as well, like a lot of marginalized people. And so being able to retweet their thoughts and share them with like people in my circles, is actually a good thing. So yeah, my Twitter is the same thing. Mom, Adam, Madam Vanessa. Mm-hmm. Don't have much of an Instagram anymore because of just the, I guess it was just the harassment I went through. So like, that's just, she's just Twitch and Twitter. But then I'm also... Most uh, majority of the time, she featured on my partner stream as well. She is Arisuki, A R I S U K I. She does art. I'm there as well. You can always hear me in the background or helping out because I'm a moderator and such. Yeah, but those were that's where you can find me Twitter and Twitch. Okay, yeah, I was actually, yeah. I was meaning to ask you about that because I, yeah, uh, is it, is it, oh, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know her name, but uh, I know she did like a kind of a guest uh, a monologue on one of your streams and I was like, I yes. want to follow her, but I didn't know yeah. what her. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, because uh, yeah, she's actually, uh, she just pixel art, well, it's just traditional art, pixel art, digital art. She actually helped me get like myself established, but uh, I'm mod- I'm a moderator there. So like, I'm usually just there because she's right behind me. Yeah, I'm either there or, or on my channel, and we kind of just kind of move in and out of each other's channels because you know that's just how we want, just just how we do things. But 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, right now I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to focus a bit more on Twitch and start kind of making connections and building community. So um, yeah, anyone that I know, if you're watching this and you are a Twitch streamer and I don't already follow you or know about you, feel free to reach out, leave a comment, tweet at me, DM me, whatever. Um, and I will check you out. Um, and with that said, my own, I'm, I'm Artemis Creates pretty much everywhere. There's only two sites that I had to put an underscore in it because it was already taken. But otherwise, you search for Artemis Creates on just about any platform and like you'll it. find me. Um, ArtemisCreates.com is my official website and I'm, I'm keep updating it so that it's kind of current and everything. Um, you can find pages for kind of everything I do there. Um, I have the merch, as I said, which is on Redbubble. And I will try to remember to link to the video of my review of my own merch in case that uh, interests you. Um, and then the book, which I showed, uh, which is on Amazon. Um, and then I do music. So that's on Bandcamp. That's on Spotify and, and Apple iTunes. Um, this show, I had collecting, uh, as you, you may or may not know, is both on YouTube and on uh, all pretty much all major pod, podcasting platforms. And I try to remember to mention, uh, you know, leaving reviews on iTunes for the podcast if you can. I appreciate that. Otherwise, uh, you know, liking, commenting for, for kind of visibility and boosting uh, on, on YouTube and stuff. Uh, I've got my Patreon, which is where I do the bonus episodes, and I post uh, some, other, some other bonus content when I can. Um, and I'm going to do a little, I try to do like regular kind of shows. I want to shout out Billy Schultz, um, who does Quarantine Kitchen on Instagram and does the Nothing to Fear podcast and uh, the Transverse Network, which I think I mentioned I was just interviewed on their, their show um, a few days ago. And that is up on my channel already under guest appearances. So there's that. And what else have I got here? I guess that's all the, the, the really relevant stuff for now. Um, yeah, I don't want to make this too long. So with that said, um, to, to kind of encourage more fan interaction, I've started to ask, um, if you want to leave a comment, uh, let me know what's your favorite thing that you learned about or that you, or any questions you have, um, your favorite moment from the show, uh, drop a comment or send me a message. I'd love to hear that. I want to know what people are liking and what, uh, what's uh what's kind of the most uh fun or interesting and so now we will do the the um traditional hat sign off um and again as uh, as you may notice if you're if you're kind of a regular watcher then you will know that i've mentioned i try to match the guests uh color wise and and sometimes hat wise and so today we are kind of doing a a dark kind of gothy black theme and uh wait a minute i want to make sure this hat this little flower thing wait a minute is that visible this this camera messes me up because it's like reversed right where is it there, there's there we, okay i'm just gonna do it this way there's two little flowers but you can't really yeah. see them there you oh, kind of see them now yeah. um yeah this is uh kind Ooh. of my um <laughs> yeah you've got like more of a bit of a floppy brim cap and i've got more of a like a bowler uh clockwork orangey kind of hat here um but yeah, this is this is always the part I always kind of enjoy a fun little little ending to the show. And um, yeah, so <laughs> again, I, I feel like there's more I should be saying now, but but that's the end of the whole show notes part. So I guess with that said, thank you again for watching this episode of Hat Collecting. Thank you to Allison for being on and for talking Twitch and everything with me. And uh, otherwise, uh, stay curious and keep collecting those hats. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>